This pandemic has shaken up the status quo and laid bare a lot of our country's deep-seated problems, from massive economic inequality to ongoing racial disparities to a lack of basic health care for people who need it. It's woken a lot of young people up to the fact that old ways of doing things just don't work. That it doesn't matter how much money you make if everyone around you is hungry and sick. And that our society and our democracy only work when we think not just about ourselves, but about each other. It's also pulled the curtain back on another hard truth. Something that we all have to eventually accept once our childhood comes to an end. You know, all those adults that you used to think were in charge and knew what they were doing? Turns out they don't have all the answers. A lot of them aren't even asking the right questions. Do what you think is right. Doing what feels good, what's convenient, what's easy. That's how little kids think. Unfortunately, a lot of so-called grown-ups, including some with fancy titles and important jobs, still think that way. Which is why things are so screwed up. I hope that instead you decide to ground yourself in values that last. Like honesty, hard work, responsibility, fairness, generosity, respect for others. You won't get it right every time. You'll make mistakes like we all do. But if you listen to the truth that's inside yourself, even when it's hard, even when it's inconvenient, people will notice, will gravitate towards you, and you'll be part of the solution instead of part of the problem. Congratulations, class of 2020. Keep making us proud. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year 1985. Do you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all. You gotta help me. You were the only one who knows how your time machine works. Enter any time machine. Okay, all right, I'll prove it to you. Look at my driver's license. Expires 1987. Look at my birthday, for crying out loud. I haven't even been born yet. Then tell me, future boy, who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? <laughs> then who's vice president? Jerry Lewis. I'm gonna buy me a dog. A dog? A dog? Why? Why? Because I need a friend now. Babe, you need all the friends you can get, I'm telling you. I'm gonna buy me a dog. My girl, my girl, no love, no help. in the perfect position and race to the bottom is on the air time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing 
Winds low tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow Tea, a New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer, because that's how you know it's Winslow. I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom season finale. Yes. And man, do we have a hell of a show. Straight up saying hell of a show, not even heck. This, this calls for the big guns. In the background, we're hearing Loop first Indian on the moon and this is by the band you might have heard of them Wings the band that inspired chicken wings no uh, you know this is Paul McCartney's group Wings and uh, off their album Red Rose Speedway we'll talk more about Wings in a second but you know what you know what I want to talk about on this season finale is you never know you never know. Who would have thought we, we would be here? You make plans, a man makes plans and God laughs. Isn't that something like that? You make plans, God laughs. We were planning on doing the hip-hop show finale with Salim, but he's, uh, he, needs, he needs some some time to get ready for that. And that's fine. We'll do it in season four. We've done 60 of these things. This is the 60th race to the bottom. Can you believe it? You never know. Maybe we'll do 60 more. Maybe the internet won't exist anymore. You never know. Had a close family friend. Went to, went to jail a few years ago. Would I have guessed that this guy would be going, going to, to prison? Never, never. No. Would any of us have ever guessed that we'd have a global pandemic that would... Get the state to show some leniency and send him home last week? No, you never, you, you'd never, you'd never guess it. I've been a big fan of WTF, the podcast with Mark Marin, for about a decade. I've been listening to it. I've, I've, you know, I've lived my life when, I don't know if you listen to a podcast, if you've had a podcast in your life like that for 10 years, but, but, you know, I don't, Mark Marin doesn't know me, but I know him. I feel like he knows me. Been listening to him twice a week for 10 years. He's a, a fascinating guy. He's grown, I've grown. And uh, just just this past weekend, his um, his girlfriend 
They're living together during the pandemic. This super talented and funny director named Lynn Shelton. She uh, she suddenly died. It's weird when you have empathy for uh, for somebody you know for someone you don't know. But I realized that when um, Mark Maron was hurting, I it, it hurt me too. There's that song. When things go wrong, go wrong with you. It hurts me too. Who sang that? Is that a Robert Johnson original? Who knows? You never know. I'll never know <laughs> who wrote that song. But, you know, that's what I've been thinking about. I would never, I'm not really allowed to say where I work, but I would never guess that I teach at the place that I teach. Not in a million years. And you look at things in retrospect, but the kind of crazier thing is to try to project out into the future. I have no idea where I'll be in five years, ten years. So, what do we do with this information? Occam's razor. <laughs> Occam's razor, right? What's the most, what's the easiest explanation? It sounds cliche, but you gotta live in the moment. Because you can, you can make plans, but we all know what happens. So, um, I'm gonna try to stay in the moment. And what I'm going to be doing in this moment is taking a sip of uh, some scrumptious tea. Ugh. And you do know what that, that's how you know. Talking about how you never know, that's how you know. Winslow. Winslow Tea, sponsoring this monologue as always. Hashtag your moments. When you're living in the moment, hashtag it. With hashtag how you know and steep into the conversation. Thank you to Winslow. Been sponsoring the show and the opening monologue. Not since from the beginning, but for about a year now. As we we move into the uh, full-on spring and, and summer. And I'm staying inside. Because that's what we're supposed to be doing. I've been, been, I have been seeing, though, speaking of hashtagging your experiences. Your tea drinking experiences. I've been seeing people on... Instagram friends, close friends that are out and about and uh, not necessarily social distancing. And I was trying to identify what this, what the feeling that it gave me when I, when I would, when I see these pictures of friends out in the world during quarantine and trying to identify what, what is this feeling that I feel? And I, I think that it, the closest to it. I don't know if you've had the misfortune of being in a relationship where you uh, suspect that your your partner is being unfaithful. But it's kind of when you when you get these inklings or you see something suspicious, that kind of mix of anger and sadness and envy and jealousy. That's kind of what <laughs> what I feel when I scroll, scroll through Instagram and I see a bunch of people in like a group hug. Y'all ain't quarantining together what I say in my head but you never know maybe maybe those people are are right and and uh, and I'm silly to be staying in the apartment but maybe not maybe this this uh this summer as we start to open back up or this fall it's gonna crash down on us again I hope not but you never know but you know what I do know is what was in that matchup I know that we heard from the president you know you know the well the old not the new guy the old the former president barack obama giving a commencement speech an online commencement speech to high schoolers which i 
thought was all in all pretty cool. And he talked about people with fancy titles acting like like kids, doing doing the easy, taking the easy way. And uh, for some reason, our current president thought he was throwing shade, throwing subs, as they used to say. Why are you throwing subs? He said that at my old school all the time. If somebody's like uh, throw, it's the same as throwing shade, where you you're indirectly criticizing someone. I guess on Twitter that's a subtweet. But then I would ask my kids in the hallway, I heard you were throwing subs. They say, what, Mr. Reed? No, I wasn't. So yeah, I heard you were up in Subway throwing a foot-long Italian BMT. They'd laugh and say, you're, you're corny. I am corny. And some people think the band Wings is corny, but I'm giving them a shot and we'll be hearing some more from them. But you also heard them in the mashup, that first funky uh, background. That was this, uh, I kind of chopped up this song called Let Em In by Wings. Obama was spitting rhymes over that. And we also heard from the Monkees, I'm Gonna Buy Me a Dog. I was a big Monkees fan when I was a kid. One of my first cassettes was a Monkees cassette, Greatest Hits. I think it's because they were on Nickelodeon that a lot of kids, they had a resurgence. I'd watch that. They'd be on like when you got home from school on Nickelodeon. Old Monkeys reruns. And I wish I could buy me a dog, but that's just not in the cards right now. We heard from Marty and Dr. Brown from Back to the Future. We heard from, and we heard from John Coltrane wrapping it up with that kind of coda on the song Alabama. We've got a great interview that I did with M.D. Hollis, a.k.a. Meredith, my friend, talking about her band's new album, Tomorrow Tomorrow, is the band, and this album is really good. It's got a great vibe. album is called Gentlemen Go, so got that to look forward to, but before we get to that, it's time for a round of sound. And this round of sound, again, is just, it's just bare bones, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Please help support the station. We made it like halfway to our to our fundraising goal for our drive to five. We just had our fifth year birthday on the air. It was like last week sometime we had our fifth year anniversary on the air. And who knows, once again, but hopefully we'll be on the air for another five. But we can't do that without your support. Go to Radio Free Brooklyn slash donate to help out. And if you're listening to this on the computer, download the, uh, the app for Android or iPhone and sign up for our newsletter. It's it's always good. Radio Free Brooklyn slash newsletter. So the round of sound is brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn and we got some good stuff coming up. This will be a nice leisurely one. My buddy Jake Frankel recommended this Evo Taylor record. I think I don't think he's James Taylor's brother, but this this album Evo Taylor and the Pelicans. Good stuff. We'll hear a song from that. Egya Idu kind of some reggae soul stuff and then we'll we'll hear we'll hear uh we'll hear some more wings this song called little lamb dragonfly and this and i'll do a little sidebar this this is uh recommended it's a recommendation So I can't give you a full-on recommendation of Wings, but I can recommend certain songs, and I'm working my way through their catalog, and I know a lot of people just write Wings off. I did for a really long time, just they kind of got a bad rap 
for being kind of excessive and Paul McCartney just being super extra. And there is that. But I've, I made a playlist and I'm deleting songs off of it when they suck. But I've got, the, there's some really good stuff there. It's like if you love the Beatles as much as I do, you know, it's the same you go through John Lennon's stuff after the Beatles. There's some... There's some rough riding there, but there's some there's some gems, and uh, so I'm I'll I'll keep going through the the, the wings thing and and uh, play some stuff. But this so this is like weird because this is I'm telling you what's in the round of sound, but it's also a recommended sidebar. And w- as long as we're in the sidebar, let me do the other thing that I recommend. We finally watched A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the movie Tom Hanks, and I badmouth this movie when i saw the first trailer i did it on on race to the bottom i said it looked like it was a sick a sick perverted i don't know what i i cast some aspersions but uh tom hanks is great and the guy matthew reese this guy matthew reese plays the uh it's kind of the main character plays this reporter chris cooper's up in there it's good so and i recommend it and we'll uh we'll hear more from mr rogers one thing that i did realize while watching this movie is that i think mr rogers piano playing kind of prepped me for my love of piano jazz and especially the playing of bill evans i feel like there's some kind of similarity i wonder if fred rogers dug bill evans because there is the album everybody digs bill evans so i guess mr rogers would be included okay but that ends the recommended sidebar. So we'll hear from Evo Taylor and then from Wings. And then we've got a double shot of two songs from Tomorrow Tomorrow. The band's so nice they named it twice. It's a song for each tomorrow. First we'll hear uh, the lead-off track from the record, All the Seasons, which is uh, beautiful. And then another one that I really dug called Why Would I Leave? And then we'll talk to M.D. Hollis, a.k.a. Meredith, um, after the round of sound. Race to the bottom. So take off your dress I'm 30 keys 
So we just heard, I'm, I'm here with Meredith, MD Hallis, and we just heard a double, double shot. It's like two for Tuesday up in here. We just heard <laughs> all of the seasons and why would I leave both such great songs off the new record. Tomorrow Tomorrow is the, the band and the album yeah. is Gentlemen Go. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, what can you tell us about this? And then I have some questions. Well, the record was recorded in 2011, and Chris Ruggiero, who had been a friend and a musical collaborator uh, in my previous project, St. Bernadette, and you were part, you were there when we worked on that record with him in the ballroom. Yeah, we called him the professor. That's right. And uh, because he really does have such a studious and methodical way of approaching everything, but definitely music. And, you know, he had always felt that I could do something different. You know, he's not really like a upbeat rock kind of guy. I mean, in some cases, but he just, you know, he's such a student of the music. And he's one of those people that has like private pressings from 1968 of random folk singers and stuff. And he really has like a, a unique taste in um, Muse. And so he said, you know, I really just would love to see you do something completely different. And I went over to his house and we listened to a ton of records, all kinds of, you know, different sounds that I hadn't really explored. And the idea was for me to write a bunch of songs and to pick some songs. If I, you know, I had a couple songs that had been jumping out at me written by others. And that then we would put together a new band. We wouldn't really have a drummer. It would be more like percussion-based or not really in-your-face percussive elements. And that we would do everything live. And um, that's what we did. So I've thought a lot and talked a lot on the show about how like self-imposed limitations or or kind of criteria or like here's your tools can spawn sometimes like the best creativity. I definitely noted the the specific kind of drum sound, some like old school kind of drum machine stuff and then and then tambourine yeah. and just um, and then like people pl- playing like floor toms and stuff, just like parts of a drum set. Yeah. And then, and then the, yep. um, and that and the organ seem to like the organ is kind of running through the whole thing, and it just creates such a vibe. Yeah, the organ was really like the key to the whole thing because he he really wanted it to not be like guitar based. Yeah. Even though the guitar work played by David Moltz is fantastic, yeah. and he's like a genius, but um, the organ was like where we started, and I. I kind of told Chris, you know, I've always, it's just been me and like five dudes, you know, or a bunch of dudes my whole life, just going from growing up with brothers to then always being in bands. And I was like, I need just one woman at least. And um, so he suggested this woman, Joe Shornikov, to play organ. And, um, you know, she's become one of my closest friends. But when the, when we made the album, I didn't, I had never met her. She grew up in Australia. But then when she moved to New York, one of her first kind of like day jobs was to play in churches. So she really knew her way around the emotional impact of an organ and how it sets the stage for you to process 
um, emotions the way that you do in a sacred space. And mm -hmm. so I was really drawn to that part of her history. It's interesting that you bring up the sacred space and the church thing because knowing your previous songwriting and interest, it, I felt this similar current of religion, Catholicism, Bible code, and this kind of iconoclastic way of looking at it. But can you talk about how you kind of process Christianity or, or religion through the stuff that's on this record or the stuff that you do? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a journey that I've been on for so long, you know, growing up in a Catholic environment and having kind of a natural instinct toward, or just as a singer, having like a, a built pathway to whatever that divine thing is. And, you know, my first big experiences singing were in church. and. I really became a singer that people knew about at summer camp, which I went to like Catholic summer camp and we had this incredible chapel in the woods and I was like about eight years old and they realized I could sing and I kind of, you know, had this opportunity to sing a solo in front of the camp. And that was when people just started to kind of identify me as like the singer person. Mm -hmm. And the feeling of channeling a connection to the mystery of life and existence and consciousness was something I experienced in such a profound way at such a young age, but I didn't really have the guidance. Nobody really followed up on that to kind of say, you know, this is a special thing because, you know, later in life, as if you sing and you have people in your life that are people of faith, you'll be asked to sing in a wedding or at a funeral. And yeah. when you feel everybody's emotion in a sacred space, traveling through you especially next to an organ and in a choir loft and there's all this natural reverb and it literally vibrates your whole body and you can feel everyone's pain or joy in your own body mm -hmm. <laughs> so i started to just say you know that's really what god is for me I, I don't need anyone to explain it because i've felt it reverberating through my body and i've I've, ex I've processed people's pain for them. You know, I've been at their funeral and when I sing the Pinus Angelicus, that's when they just sob and say, I loved this person mm -hmm. with all my heart and I'm so, so sad that they're gone. And only the fact that, you know, life is beautiful is gonna get me out of this church and to live again tomorrow. I felt a lot of listening through the record and, and to the words, I felt a lot of a theme kind of running through of kind of renouncing ownership on someone or something or like accepting kinship or th this kind of like drawing and redrawing like boundaries between oneself and others. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that as women, like of my generation now, because I think that millennials and the Gen Z are different because they have come up with a generation of women that were just kind of out and about. And I was more a generation where, you know, I have an elite education. So my educators were like, hey, you're going to get past all this stuff. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to get out there. And it was, but it was like you perceived it as like you needed to be like punching at the ceiling the whole time, you know. But at the same time, you were also raised with princesses and boys got everything and you kind of had like a lot of mixed signals and mixed boundaries and so I was trying to tap into like just the mystery of being a woman and the power that's there 
that sometimes you get the opportunity to exercise and sometimes it gets squashed. If you think about that song that you played, Why Would I, it was like, when I thought about that, like, why would I want what isn't mine? Like, what is this whole thing with women and men too, but it's definitely like a religion among women of having like this person you love who doesn't love you back. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why are we so wrapped up in that? It's such a thing. And it's almost like it, it gets engendered into you that that should be something you would accept. Wow, yeah. And instead, they should just be telling you, well, if you felt that towards someone and they didn't feel it back, then it's not it because love <laughs> is shared. So if they didn't feel it back, then what you feel, you obviously don't have enough information yet. So I've been thinking a lot about revisiting and recontextualizing art and work that I've done and what that looks like and feels like. How, do, how does it feel to be kind of re-inhabiting this project that was, that started, you know, almost a decade ago? It confirms something that I've experienced um, often in my life, which is just being, I've always been very much a Cassandra, you know, like I'm always seeing things. I'm, I'm usually like uh, a little bit early with everything mm-hmm. and not because, you know, I'm a visionary or whatever, but I'm very, very sensitive to what's in the air that other people are feeling. So when I made this record, nobody was really doing like gospel influenced country music, you know, and Mm -hmm. but then since we made this record, that became like an entire genre unto itself was like psychedelic, churchy, you know, alternative country music. And that's like one of the main sounds coming out of Nashville. And at the same time, Um, on the lyrical side like Me Too had not happened yet and that backdrop informs a lot more of what I was talking about like if you there's a song called Stay All Night which is a really terrifying song and when it came to me I, I was just like I wanted to capture one of the things that I feel like is most challenging about dealing with issues of sexual assault and stuff for people is just that most women go through many like really sort of like a long drawn out experience with a man where you don't really know which way it's gonna go yeah and and it can turn like it can all start out amazing and then you know especially if drugs or alcohol are involved um or if the person is in any way you know troubled some type of switch will go off right and it goes from where like everything was cool and loving or just you know attractive and fun and then it kind of like goes somewhere and you think I don't feel safe anymore, but not in the sense that like they just pulled out a knife, but like, I just, I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe you're not somewhere where you can run or maybe you, you know, and I really wanted to kind of capture that, but not in a judgmental way, because sometimes you get past it and actually you uncover something in that man of like pain, you know, because intimacy is very related to vulnerability and and men aren't really given a great um, playbook on how to process their more um, challenging emotions. In that sense, I felt like the record is a lot more relevant now um, and might reach some younger people in a different way than at the time they might just not really have been able to even hear it. Yeah, and in speaking of involving younger people, you've got these great um, kind of animated things that uh, were in part created by a 13-year-old girl. 
Yeah, and she is just, so Lydia Kimar, she's the daughter of a friend of mine. Somehow on Instagram, I became aware of when she was like 11 because she's just this prolific artist. She's always putting up her art and she does these drawings and what that then she watercolors. And I just thought she was so gifted and expressive because she does line drawings and what she can accomplish with a line is just amazing. And so I approached her and she really loved the music and she drew these individual covers for each song. And we kind of talked about what each song was about and, you know, she would send me her ideas of what she thought the representation should be. And then I, I was introduced to this artist, Michelle Dervertanian, and she took Lydia's drawings and animated them. And she's quite young too. She's in her very early 20s. People can check that out on the Tomorrow Tomorrow Instagram. No W's up in those tomorrows either. <laughs> That's right. Um, and is that the main place to check them out? Yeah, that would be the place. On TikTok, I'm doing them on TikTok and, and um, Lydia is doing painting videos on TikTok to the songs. Like she... Oh, wow. Yeah, she'll take one of the songs and then she'll just actively do a watercolor to it. It's really quite cool. And her oh, TikTok great. is a parallel beetle. Well, I can't wait to hear what happens next. <laughs> well, I'm working on... I already have... I'm going to Andrea's actually tomorrow to lay down vocals for the next Tomorrow Tomorrow EP. Oh, great. Yeah, because I figured if I'm going to put out a super old record, I, I want to just follow it right up with the new, you know, so that it's not just kind of like a you know library book <laughs> being pulled out and read and put back on the shelf. The album comes out on the 29th. Yeah. Right? Tomorrow, tomorrow, no W's in those tomorrows. Mm -hmm. It's It was so great to catch up. Thank you, John. Yes, thank you. And let's talk soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. That was good, right? Very good to catch up with Meredith MD Hollis, uh, the 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 star of Tomorrow Tomorrow. Check out their record, Gentlemen Go, on on all the things. It it uh it's gonna be coming out next week on May 29th on all the streaming services. I'll I'll keep you keep you posted on that. We'll go out, as I said earlier, with two things, both inspired by the movie Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. First, we will hear uh, this Cat Stevens song, On the Road to Find Out, which was just in the movie soundtrack and sounded great, kind of inspiring in these dark times. And then we'll, we'll hear from the man himself with it's such a good feeling, a very good feeling. And we tried it last week. We'll do it again. First, let me tell you that you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm John Reed. This is Race to the Bottom. Stay tuned for Crime Talk VK. And now I say to you, the end.
feeling when you're able to find people who like to play the kinds of things you like to play. That's one thing that helps to make friends playing together.
It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling you're growing inside. And when you wake up ready to say, I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling. The feeling you know that I'll be back when the day is new. And I'll have more ideas for you. And you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will too. You always make each day such a special day. You know how. By just your being you. Only one person in the whole world like you. That's you yourself. I'll be back next time. Bye bye.